Dreaming of a better sleep? Tossing and turning is not your destiny. And Ollie is here to help. Ollie invites you to sink into sweet, sweet slumber to improve your mental and physical health and overall wellness. More than just melatonin, Ollie's ingredients help you unwind your mind for a delightfully dreamy drift off. Sleep is on the way at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. This episode contains explicit language, particularly from me. Sorry for the gratuitous swears. Welcome to Mom and Dad Are Fighting, Slate's parenting podcast for Thursday, March 17th, the estranged grandparent edition. I'm Zach Rosen. I host the Best Advice Show podcast. I live in Detroit with my family. My daughter is four and my son is one. I'm Elizabeth Newcamp. I write the homeschool and family travel blog, Dutch Dutch Goose. I'm the mom to three littles, Henry, who's nine, Oliver, who's seven, and Teddy, who's five. And we live in Colorado Springs, Colorado. I'm Jamila Lemieux, a writer, contributor to Slate's Care and Feeding Parenting column, and mom to Naima, who's going to be nine in like two weeks, I swear. And we live in Los Angeles, California. She's felt nine for a long time. She's like, got big like nine 16, energy. Right? <laughs> yeah, Old she feels energy. 19. Today we have a listener who has a rather tricky question. She's wondering if she should introduce her kids to her ailing father. This seems like a no-brainer, right? Well, the catch is that she's estranged from him for a pretty good reason. But does he deserve to meet his grandchild before he passes? Then, what to do when your preschooler puts up a fight every morning about going to school? This listener has had enough and doesn't know if she should dig in her heels too or just throw in the towel. And on Slate Plus, we are discussing Jessica Gross's New York Times piece, Say It Again, There's More Than One Way to Raise Kids Who Thrive. But before we get into all that, we wanted to share this email from a very special listener. Dear Dan, I'm sad to hear you'll be going the way of Allison, Rebecca, and Carvel into the seemingly impenetrable world of parenting teenagers. Just make sure you occasionally drop by to provide us with nuggets on how your girls are doing, pre-cleared with them, of course, as they enter adulthood. I did just want to say I was tickled to hear that I'd ask the question that sticks in your mind all these years later about how you decided to have kids. I still remember your and Allison's mostly friendly and very honest sparring on the subject. It was advice gold to my childless ears back then. And your discussion was fundamental for me because I decided that I did, after all, want to go down the parenting road. My husband and I now have a wonderful four-year-old son who is the best thing that's ever happened to us. I think being intensely intentional about having kids has made me a better parent than if I'd just wandered into it. I take challenges on the chin and try to be extremely present for every stage of his development. Our kid is a hoot, and I've never laughed or loved harder. We are stopping at just one, though. I'm extremely grateful to you and Allison for putting your hearts out there for my question all those years ago. Sincerely, the most memorable. Well, thank you. 
the most memorable. We're so glad to hear it's going well, and please keep us updated with how life is going. That goes for all of you. We are loving all the updates, so please, please, please keep sending them in, and uh, we'll be waiting for them. Our email is slate.com. We read everything. Oh, and by the way, I don't know if I ever told you, Elizabeth and Jamila, a couple years ago, well, before we decided to have kids, I was really struggling with that question of do we or don't we as well. And I made a podcast where I spent like 18 months talking to anyone willing to talk to me about my crisis of, do I really want to do this? I talked to rabbis and philosophers and climate scientists. So um, a lot of people found that journey helpful in navigating the should we or shouldn't we thing. So if you want to hear that, it's uh, available wherever you get your podcasts. It's called Pregnant Pause. Just just so you know, for what How it's cool worth. How cool is that? That is super interesting, Zach. <laughs> I mean, it was all building toward what you already yeah. know, which is that we have kids. But if you don't know that, it's uh, it's, it's uh, kind of exciting. You know, I want to go back and listen now and think about all the things. <laughs> I was I a different man, but I was also the same guy. Your kids have to create a podcast of them listening to the podcast. Oh, my gosh. Yes. 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 I love DVD this. commentary. We'll put that out in 20 years. Uh, okay, enough about my show. Let's move on to some parenting stories from our week. Jamila, what's going on with you? Well, I have a fail. It's not parenting related, luckily. But um, approximately a year and a half ago, maybe a year ago, I bought a K-cup maker. Not just in, First of all, I was so anti-K-cup for the longest. Like, even when I worked in offices that had K-cups, I was, like, slow to even just try them. I was like, this is so gross. This is so whack. This is not coffee. You know, mm-hmm. I, can, I can do so much better than this. And for years, I had a real coffee maker and made coffee. And then I kind of stopped drinking coffee and, like, no longer wanted it enough to, like, make a whole pot. Or I, like, make a pot and drink off of it for days, which is gross. But it was, like, what, you know, like, I I invented cold brew, except for it was, like, room temperature brew, you know. And so. um, Cold goo. (laughs) Yes. And so um, once I wasn't drinking it that much, I just, like, didn't have a coffee maker anymore. And it just wasn't a big deal. And then I kind of wanted one. But I also wanted to make lattes because it was during the pandemic and I had very little going on in my life. And it occurred to me that it would be so cool that if I could make lattes from a coffee maker. But I didn't necessarily want an espresso maker for some reason because I didn't want to spend like $200. And I knew I wasn't going to do all the work. I worked at Starbucks. I know that being a barista is a tall task. Like I know that there's a lot that goes into making espresso drinks. So I went to cheat that and I was like, I wonder if there's a K-cup maker that also makes, you know, that foams milk for lattes. And sure enough, there is one, exactly one for all the different types of K-cup makers there are. There's only one that has a foam thing. And so I buy it and it's great. I make lattes exactly two times ever. I take it back. It was more than two times. It was probably (laughs) like 10. And today... This is a very long story. Um, it's le- it's going to be so unsatisfying when we get to the end of it. So brace yourself. Like a K-cup but, latte. Like a K-cup latte. <laughs> so today I make my K-cup coffee and there's like coffee grinds in it. And I'm like, I know you fucking lying to me. Like there's absolutely no way 
that this piece of equipment is capable of the same failure that a human being making a pot of coffee would be doing. So, no, I paid for this so it wouldn't happen that way. Like, that's the whole point of K-Cups is that you don't ever get grind into your coffee, right? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. And, and, yeah. and that you make one cup. It looks like the cup exploded or something. And so now I'm like, and this is why people fill out the warranty paperwork. Cause I gave it yeah. some thought and I, I did, but I didn't, you know what I mean? Like I didn't because I was like, this is going to last me as long as I wanted to. It's going to be great. We'll have like two strong years and I'll move on with my life probably, you know, and, and that's fine. And that's not what, ha- you know, I'm afraid that that's not what happens. So you should just email them. I should see. Like nine times out of 10, they want to make it right. I mean, tweet at them even easier. Yeah. They'll they'll make it right real fast. This is a lot of confessing to K-Cup drinking. So like, (laughs) this is a safe space, but like, I can't put that on my public Twitter account. Okay. So, so just send them an email. Send them. I email when stuff like this happens, I email all the time and I say, I'm really disappointed. And, and they usually try to make it right. It's true. Okay. I'm going to do that. Do it. (laughs) (laughs) I'm a French press guy, and I don't think it takes that long. I identify as a French press girl. Like, I'm a French press rising. You know what I mean? Like, personality-wise, <laughs> I'm a French press in person, the, in the But studio. in real life, in real life, I'm a caramel macchiato girl. Uh-huh. Like, I feel you. Like, mm-hmm. we read the same local indie paper. Yeah. Elizabeth, what have you got this week? Triumph or fail? Uh I don't know. I, you know, I like to call everything a triumph because if I, if I called all these things fails, I don't know that I could get up every morning. Um, so, so we took the kids to the YMCA of the Rockies, which is this really cool, like, um, it's sort of like if the Dirty Dancing campus were like a, a place in the Rocky Mountains, you oh know, God, now. So it's like all these, you, you stay in the little cottage or hotel room, but the hotel room has bunks and different rooms. It's just very, it's very like, down to earth but also fun and they have all these activities that are included and you can also like rent outdoor gear and, and the one we went to is it's called at snow mountain ranch and it is known for its cross-country skiing and snowshoeing like it just has a huge swath of land that you can go use and and we decided okay we're going to take the kids up to do this and none of us have ever cross-country skied before like we've never tried it so as soon as we got up there, the weather was pretty good. It was sunny out. We rented cross-country skis, but Teddy is too little to have poles. They don't give poles to the little ones because when they fall, like your gear goes everywhere. Mm-hmm. And it had been kind of windy that morning. So we were doing the cross-country skiing where you like put your skis into these grooved tracks and you're mm-hmm. sort of like running on your skis and in these tracks. But the tracks were sort of windblown. And when you don't have enough track, the skis are really little. You fall over it. At one point, Teddy was like on the ground and his skis were like crossed in the air. And he's like, Aww. this is why it's called cross skiing. And we're like, no. So we're like pulling him. The, the kids are doing pretty well. It went like okay you know we couldn't go as far as we wanted to go it went okay so the next day we thought okay we'll try snowshoeing rent snowshoes and pretty much from the minute we get them on like oliver and henry are like off because this is much more like hiking um henry gets to snowshoe at a school which is kind of cool so he was ready for it teddy though instead of the toddler ones they gave him like a small youth and so every time he steps he's stepping on his own snowshoes and like falling over and he is just like he is crying and he is like i hate this 
And I finally just said to him, like, do you just want to take these off? Like, he's light enough that he's not going to sink into the snow. Now, the rest of us, if we take our snowshoes off it, it, at this place, I was in, like, waist deep into the snow. Like, oh, wow. I was just post-holing in, <laughs> into the snow waist deep. But he's light enough that he can kind of stay on top. So I take his snowshoes off, and he just, like, runs to the front. He's so happy. But now, of course, we have to carry his snowshoes. We still don't quite make it make it as far. But in general kind of everyone had a nice time. And the thing is that there were all these kind of frustrating moments. And Jeff looks at me and said, this is like a training run so that we can come back next year and do this. And we can do it again in the future and go a little further. And I was like, oh my gosh, yes, this is just the reminder I needed that like, it's okay that we can't hike out to the, Mm -hmm. you know, homestead. And we may never come back here and do this again. And we may never get out to the homestead and that's okay. But the next time we put the snowshoes on the kids, they've done it once. And we know that we need the, the smaller ones. And it, it was just sort of that, even though we had these experiences that were really good, I think both of us kind of left with this, like, but we wished we could have gone further and seen these things because the kids are a little older. And I felt like that totally changed our perspective on the rest of the weekend. And it was such a good, just like, yeah, we're here just to like get the experience, have fun as a family. And if it is not meet everything we want to do, because we're trying new things, it just felt like, yes, this is kind of the, the, the reset in terms of our mindsets of where we are in parenting and the kind of things we can do and why we go do them. Yeah. That's a totally helpful reframe. And I just Google image search that YMCA. Holy shit. That looks so beautiful and idyllic. Were you in one of those years? Cool. We stayed in like a lodge room. So we had bunk beds and two rooms and a bathroom. Oh, it was great. Colorado. It's like, I not, know. Not a real well, you know, place. the funny thing is, this is the listeners from Colorado have emailed me more about this. There's two properties. One is at Rocky Mountain. And everyone who emails says, like, you need to go to the YMCA of the Rockies. So we've gone to now one. Uh, when we were here last time, we did go to the other and we planned to go to the other as well. But our kids there, everyone's been like, your kids are the perfect age. They really are. They really are the perfect age. There's, you know, swimming and archery and all the stuff you can do um, just for free and fun. And so as cool. part of your stay, it was great. Awesome. I got a failure for you this week. Coming <laughs> off my high, high, high um, triumph of, you know, that the perfect vacation last week. Of course, it's going to come back and the fall from me glory. The fall from you flew glory. too close to the sun. I did. I did. <laughs> you went uh, chasing waterfalls. <laughs> <laughs> I needed to be sticking to the rivers and lakes that I'm used to here in the Great Lakes state <laughs> of Michigan. So we had one of my best friends since kindergarten, his wife and two kids who are the same ages as our kids, they came over for a weekend long sleepover, which we've done before. It's really fun. They live close by, but so we could all hang out after the kids went to bed. They just slept over um, two nights and it was planned. And so my daughter and their daughter are both four. They usually play beautifully together. They often just like spontaneously hug and hold hands and it's great. For whatever reason, on Saturday afternoon, after we had been together since the previous night, my daughter started to do something that she had never, that I had never seen her do before. Which is, she became the bully. Oh, no. She started being like, I'm better. I'm faster. You're smaller. I'm older. You're younger. And it was just this relentless thing to where, like, it wasn't pleasant, obviously, for her friend to just get shit on. 
and the girls weren't happy. It was it was shocking to Shira and I to see Noah do that because, first of all, like I think it's fine. Like I'm not saying she. Sh- I, I was never expecting her to to demonstrate this kind of behavior, but to this extent, and for it to have gone on as long as it did, which was like a couple hours, and we kept having to remove her from the room and you know try to talk to her about it, and like it wasn't getting in. Our message, you know, to her about this is not how we act, wasn't, she wasn't really hearing it. And at school, for the last, like, several weeks, she's been talking about how, how one girl in her class has been doing this, that same behavior to, to Noah. Mm-hmm. Noah has been told, you know, you're smaller, you're younger, you're not as fast. Mm-hmm. So she's seen that modeled at school from someone who maybe she thinks it's cool. And she was, like, trying this personality on. And I just felt unequipped to, uh, to get her out of that mode and to like better understand where she was coming from i raised my voice a little bit and um we still haven't really gotten to the bottom of it like yesterday you know long after this incident we were just doing magnet tiles and i was trying to kind of have that conversation again like you know you remember what it's like to to be told that you're smaller or not cool or not big at school so like why do you think you you did that behavior she didn't have a great answer and i don't know if i'm expecting too much for her to be able to explain why she did it but frankly it was just surprising and and also just fascinating to like be the parent of a bully for a minute and i think that like the conditions of this weekend were pretty intense like you know hanging out all friday evening all day saturday yep. that's a lot for a kid she hadn't napped yeah. yep um like you know there there are a lot of extenuating circumstances that could have led to that behavior you know she was having to share her stuff to a degree that she's yep. she's you know not used to she's great in like a two-hour hangout but like a mm-hmm. 36-hour uh, hangout I, I i'm not so sure so we're still kind of scratching our heads over here um, no you're not you just landed on it you're like okay tell you're me there you're there. This is why it's called the fuck you force. <laughs> <laughs> well, that is part of it. That is absolutely part of it. But what do you mean but I'm also, there? So what you're talking about now is exactly why. That's why. It's why. Like, no, like, was that was too much time. It was yeah. too much time. Like, she'd had enough. The party was over. Mm-hmm. Now there are invaders in my home, mm-hmm. in my space, and mm-hmm. I'm uncomfortable. And I don't know how to express that. You know, and like you said, I'm trying, I'm going to try out this new personality. You know, Mm -hmm. here's an opportunity to do something that, you know, I don't really get to, I can't do this at school, you know, so it was the first opportunity to play with that. Mm -hmm. An attempt to gain control of the situation. Exactly. And she probably perceives this girl at school to have control of the situation. Mm Yeah. So, hey, I want to make this go away. You know who makes me want to go away? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So trying it on. Yeah. They have enough control of the world to, like, see these things and put on these personas and they do, like, gain some control, right? But they have nothing Mm -hmm. that says, like, there are ramifications for this in the future. I could also just ask my parents to make them go away. You know, like, Mm -hmm. (laughs) this really hurts people. (laughs) Yeah. Like, words hurt. They don't know any of that. They just know, I don't like this. I'll make everybody miserable until it stops. Mm -hmm. All you can do is is remove them, try to give them some small control over things, right? Like, yeah. I I see that you're angry. <laughs> you're acting like a jerk, right? Whatever you want to say. Do you want to go to your room 
Or do you want to go to this other quiet space yep. until you can come behave? You're hurting your, you know, but I think now you can have these conversations like, I know that you like this other girl, but the way you behaved says to her, I don't like you and I don't want to play with you. I don't think that's the message you were trying to send. You know, mm-hmm. like just explaining to her the situation. Yeah. Were the other parents cool though? I mean, they were sad that their daughter was was getting bullied, <laughs> but they were they totally understood. They, they were like, yeah. you know, maybe we should go, but we said no. And you know, the weekend ended up being we we, we recovered from it. The next day, we went to yeah. a pouring party together, and the girls were back holding hands, and it was great. But um, yeah, my uh, my daughter was an asshole, just like we're all capable of being for yeah when we're when but we're I feeling do tested. It was like indiscriminate. Like, don't take it that she. <laughs> like she she felt forced into the corner yes yes she it, didn't it, have a lot of options it felt circumstantial and it does suck to watch your kid be the villain that is the worst <laughs> yeah. feeling yeah. i'm like i was sent here to protect you so this kind of puts <laughs> makes my job like now i'm like a defense attorney you know like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like exactly. i know you're guilty i'm just but you're also sure the jailer out for you <laughs> as well as possible but right but i also and responsible for making sure that you're punished. It's a lot to carry. Yeah, it was it was it was trying for sure. I shouldn't say punished. I should say that that your misdeeds have been addressed. Yeah, 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 yeah. Thank you both, as always, for helping me see things with uh, some broader perspective. That I really do appreciate that. Um, Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Let's get into our first listener question, all right? It's being read, as always, by the one and only Shasha Leonard. Dear Mom and Dad, I'm the mom to the most wonderful four-month-old. My wife's family has met our beautiful girl, and we are going to visit my mother at the end of March. The issue I'm dealing with is whether or not I should introduce my child to my father. I am estranged from my father due to a lifetime of emotional and sometimes physical abuse. I have no plans to reconcile with my father because my life and mental health are better without him. However, he is old and very sick. I feel so guilty he'll never meet his granddaughter. She's so young that I'm not necessarily worried about him hurting her emotionally, and I would not put her in the position to be physically hurt by him, although I don't think he would. Do I introduce her to him? Is it unfair to him or her if I don't? Am I just inventing new problems? Am I inviting my father to hurt me again? I know meeting her would mean a lot to him and my mom. Thanks for your help. The Grandpa Dilemma. What do you think, Jamila? This is challenging. 
yeah, it's not that challenging for me. You've cut this person out of your life mm-hmm. quite intentionally. You know, this, it, it's not as if you see this person on occasion or that you talk to them only on holidays. Like, you are estranged. You have decided that because of abusive behavior, this person doesn't have a place in your life. It's okay for you to make that decision on behalf of your child. You know, if your parent won't be alive for your child to be an adult and make that decision to say, hey, I want to go meet grandpa, even though, you know, we weren't introduced when I was a child. But, you know, I I think that would be the only circumstances appropriate, you know, if your kid were old enough. And maybe if you were talking about, you know, a 15 year old or someone who could say this really means something to me to have that meeting. I want to do this. But introducing small children. No, I just think it's unnecessary. You know, you've cut this person out. For a reason, you can still do, you know, the job of explaining who they were and, and, you know, what needs to be known about them so that the the family history is understood when the time gets, you know, right. Uh, and, And that's that. Without guilt and without shame. Like, protect yourself. You you don't have to subject yourself to something that sounds like it would be very painful just because it would mean something to your parents for it to happen, um, especially because I think it would be relatively meaningless for your child. I think it would be more confusing mm-hmm. than anything else. I completely endorse this idea that, like, do not make this decision based on your child. Your child does not know. They will not know. Your father will have passed. So that shouldn't be part of the consideration. I I endorse the idea that it doesn't really matter how your dad feels about it because you've already set up a boundary. So this guilt you feel, if it is guilt, like, for your father, I think that's something you need to kind of really think and work with. Like, why am I having this guilt about this? However... Often when people write into us with stuff like this, I think, are you looking for us to say that it's okay? Because if it is important to you, like if Mm -hmm. you feel like this is something that will bring benefit to you to be able to say she met my dad, then you should do it. And you should set up um, whatever you need, whatever scenario you need to make this a safe encounter, obviously physically, but emotionally for you. Are you going somewhere that's neutral to do this? Have you set up exactly how much time you are going to spend? Have you made all of that very clear? Like, is is the expectation, like, what if he wants to give her something? What if he wants to hold her? Like, I think you really need to think through how an interaction would go. What is tolerable for you? What You say that, like, this... Um, I think the idea that you could bring your child to meet your father and other things not coming up or needing to be addressed might be a little naive as well. So thinking about like, what do you anticipate the interaction to be, right? If you think through all of that and you still want to do it, I think you have permission to do it and then still to say, I'm never seeing you again. Like Mm -hmm. I'm giving you this one shot. I think the important part is setting all of that out ahead of time. So that you, this is not an invitation to start now a relationship, um, but hey, I really want you to meet my child because it's important to me that this happens. But if none of those things are true and all of these questions you you ask, like, am I inviting new problems? Am I inviting my father to hurt me again? Like, if you think any of those are true and all of the work you've done prior to this is going to be undone by this meeting, don't do it. Mm -hmm. Don't do it because 
what's fair to your father almost doesn't matter, mm-hmm. right? You have to take care of you and your family. And so I think really thinking about, you know, what that looks like for you. I thought it was interesting that she says that it means a lot to her mom. That I, is I interesting. Just, I'm like, what's her role? And like, where like, are they still together? Are they <laughs> like, I have some more questions. Yeah, I definitely had that question. Zach, what do you think? Well, yeah, I mean, I, I agree with you. I think that it's totally unnecessary if any of this stuff is going to be is going to flood back. But just the, the just that one line, I feel so guilty. He'll never meet his granddaughter. I think, like you were saying, Elizabeth, if you you know impose all the boundaries yourself, and if it's really so important to you, like you know, maybe there is a circumstance where it would work, but only if, only, only, only if it's not going to be an invitation for your dad to hurt you again. And so, like, I don't know, maybe it's just a Zoom. Maybe it's just like yeah. he, he gets to see your four-month-old for a minute. You Maybe you don't, you're not even in the room for it. But, like, think about what would help to mitigate the guilt. And it, it might be that just working through some of these questions and not having the meeting would allow you to, to transcend that guilt. Like, I, you know, I think that there's a way in which you can deal with this guilt without feeling like you have to have this meeting. But if there's not, if you're like, no, this is so important, they need, they should meet once, the ball's in your court and you're the boss, and it's totally, totally, totally legit for you to impose all the guidelines um, for how this is going to go down. I think, too, you know, people tend to be the same people in all situations. So if you have other places, like if you had a wedding or other family celebrations in which you invited him or didn't invite him, included him or didn't, if you can really try to think about how that went and what went well or, or what went poorly, right? And use that to inform your decision. Because um, it's unlikely that things like the reaction in other similar situations will be different. Because if nothing has changed, it sounds like, you know, it hasn't. Um I mean, I think the other thing is to make sure that your mom, whatever you decide that your mom understands, you've obviously had to put boundaries in place to maintain what sounds like a, I guess, good estrangement. Like you have put these boundaries in place that make you feel safe and happy. And I think making sure you discuss whatever those are going to be, you know, with your daughter and your father, uh, with your mom is, is good just to kind of bring her up, whatever that decision is. This is what we've decided. This is, you don't even have to justify it. Right. But making sure she's kind of on your team. Mm -hmm. Well, the grandpa dilemma, we hope this helped and please do keep us posted on how this goes. We'd love to hear. And we hope that you put your well being at the center of whatever you decide. Everyone else, if you have a question for us, email us at mom and dad at slate.com. All right, Shasha, let's hear our next question. Dear mom and dad, has anyone experienced children not wanting to go into preschool? My almost four-year-old daughter has been adamant since the winter break that she doesn't want to go. Her teachers say that she is fine once she arrives, and she seems to come home perfectly happy every day. I know she has friends and takes part in the activities, but in the mornings, she's really dragging her feet refuses to get dressed, refuses to get in the car, etc., etc. They usually have to bribe her with a snack to get her out the door. We've been holding our line that she has to go, but always offer an early pickup around 3 p.m., which means I'm the first parent at the gates. 
But this morning, I just couldn't get her out the door, and things were rapidly descending into an argument. So, I made a decision in the moment to give up the power struggle, keep her home, and find a time to talk with her about it. I'm not sure if this was a huge mistake, but I feel like ignoring or minimizing her feelings and pressing on regardless isn't working for us right now. It's not an option for her to stay home every day, as I work part-time. Right now, her baby brother is in daycare three days a week, and I could also reduce her hours so that she only goes for three days. But that would mean that the baby gets absolutely no time in the week where he has all my attention. My daughter has a very strong personality, and honestly, I feel like when she's home, her needs and preferences will dominate, which tends to happen on the weekend. I really enjoy the one-to-one time with my baby. Not sure what to do. In a preschool pickle. First of all, has anyone ever experienced that? Ever. Have you <laughs> ever met a child that wants to go to school? <laughs> every every child has their day, days, months, weeks, years. years. <laughs> all right. <laughs> the fuck you fours rear their head again. Yes. again. <laughs> um, I think that... Unless there is something going on at preschool that has changed. Has the teacher changed? Do you at all have a feeling that, like, there is actually something going on at school that is wrong that would prevent her from wanting to go? Shy of that. Mm -hmm. Like, if that's happening, I feel like we're in a whole different situation. Yeah. But shy of that, you have to say, you go to school on these days and you go every day. It doesn't matter if I take you late. It doesn't matter if I take you mostly naked. It doesn't matter if I take you without any of your things. Every day I plan to leave this house and you are going to leave with me and we are going to preschool. It sucks. And I think there are things you can do to make it better for sure. Like you can set a very specific, like this is how we get out of the house where you offer choices. Do you want to wear your rain boots or your tennis shoes today? Um, you know, have a choice and I'll help you pick them on. Like giving her control over little things. And if your child doesn't make the choice, you can obviously say you can make it for them and move them on to the to the next, you know, phase of the getting out of the house project. I mean, I certainly have had days, I, I assumed that everyone has, where I am like buckling a screaming kid into <laughs> into the car seat to go to preschool because they don't want to go. They don't they do not want to leave their house and change activities. Yeah. So I think you just have to say this is what we're doing. We're going to do it. I think you can do this while validating the feelings. I see that you're frustrated that you don't want to go. We go to school. Like that is the there are just certain things that we do and a 4-year-old while capable of yep. telling you how they feel right now is not really capable of this rational thinking. So I, 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 the concerning part of the letter for me was this idea of like, I'm not validating her feelings or following what she wants to do. It's like, if you followed what your four-year-old wanted to do all day, it would be a nightmare. So being able to say, I see that you're upset. It's okay that you feel upset. It's okay that you don't want to go, but this place is safe. You, you are safe here. Your body is safe. You, you know, we have picked this for this reasons. I will be back at three to get you. You got to go. Well, I, you know, as I've mentioned on the show before, personally, I like cried every single day for like two years of preschool. Mm. Um, and as you said, your little one does, letter writer, once my mom left, you know, a few some a couple minutes went by and I recovered and had a great day and I loved preschool. I had so much fun. 
had major separation anxiety and that could be you know what your little one is dealing with you know like saying goodbye to you might just for some reason whatever reason that may be may make your kid feel super uneasy and uncomfortable and afraid you know so I think in addition to some of the changes to your morning that Elizabeth described because this is all rooted in like being resistant to going to school um, that you want to give them some power over this experience, but like also really schedule in some cuddle time, you know, and talk Mm -hmm. about what you're going to do after school. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? Like let your last words be, you know, connected to plans for like what you're doing this evening or hey what do you want for dinner or am I the only parent who am I the only sick parent who asked their child that because I'm a restaurant um (laughs) sorry but you know like do you have any suggestions for dinner or hey you know would you like to stop at the library or go for a walk after school you know um and letting them you know reminding them that you're going to be there to pick them up and I'm going to see you exactly at two o'clock you know um and just like I do every every day and just like finding ways to ground the morning in like togetherness and like the commitment that, you know, you will be back when school is over. I think that could be helpful. I also wonder, and this is a bit of a shot in the dark because I haven't tried this myself, even though I do have a daughter uh, the same age as yours, maybe creating some kind of like talisman, maybe like a bracelet or a necklace, something that's like, I know it's hard to go to school. I miss you a lot of times when I'm at work and I think about you and when I, and, and when you think about me during the day or when you find yourself feeling like, oh man, I want to go home, you know, just like rub the bracelet that I made for you or like rub the locket that you can wear around your neck. Something that's like, even though I'm not with you, I'm always with you kind of thing. I think that might just be a little source of comfort while you are apart. But yeah, I mean, your kid sounds savvy and powerful. And I mean that as a, as a real compliment. So I think um, they're testing you. And no, I don't think it was a mistake that this one time you let them stay home. Like, that's fine. You, you were kind of at the end of your rope and that's totally normal. But yeah, I think you need to stick this out. And knowing that what you already know, which is that they seem to be okay during the day, um, I think it's just getting over this hump and hopefully soon this will be uh, a distant memory and they're just going to be comfortable at school. At four, you're about to face this for kindergarten one way or the other coming up. So you, yeah. uh, kids, I, I don't really find that kids grow out of their separation anxiety or their need for this kind of power. At least mine haven't. So it has been a hard, like if I don't deal with it right away, I'm just going to deal with it later when they're bigger and they can say more hurtful things. Uh, and the bracelet and things like that won't work when they're older versus now. I think it's a great suggestion. I know in the past when we've talked about separation anxiety, there's a lot of of different things for that. The The other thing, I don't think the letter writer mentions like if they've talked to the school at all, because I also think that the teacher could be a huge part of this. Mm-hmm. Um, in finding out like like she, the teacher's obviously saying, well, she's fine, you know, once she's here. And I do find that at... Um, Teddy's current preschool, we work in the classroom once a month, and all of the kids are fine once the parents are gone. (laughs) None of them are fine. Not none of them, but quite a few of them are not fine during this Mm drop-off period. They are all fine once the cars are out of the parking lot. So I, I think, too, acknowledging, you know, that... But also just talking to the teacher about, like, what has worked with the teacher before? Do we need a quicker... Are you taking too long at the handoff 
Are you are there things the teacher can do when you get into the classroom to really engage the child right from the, you know, door? Do you know enough about what's going on in the class to get your kid excited in the car on the way there about the things that they're doing? Like, hey, I heard you have this new thing in your classroom or aren't you guys yeah. doing Totally. painting or whatever it is right that your kid likes being able to kind of psych them up on your way on your way to school well in a preschool pickle we hope your mornings get a little easier if you have a question for us or are just curious about our thoughts I on yeah, I a topic I, please email us at mom and dad at slate.com <laughs> or do what this listener did and post it to the slate parenting facebook page it's finally time for recommendations elizabeth what are you recommending this week I am recommending a children's book that's just lovely called Making a Great Exhibition by Doro Globus. And it's just so cute. It's all about like all that goes into making an art exhibition at a museum, but not like starting with the artists and kind of what they're inspired by. And they've got um, people making statues and people painting, but then also going to like the specialty that's needed to pack up art and ship it, like how it gets shipped, how the curators choose to to post it um, on the walls of the museum and, and the decisions they're making. So kind of really, I think, conveying all the different professions that are involved in putting together when you might go see an art exhibition. And um, lots of children's books have these and some are excellent, but you can go online and download the educator's guide. And they had this whole little project to do after it's all printable to make your own little box museum using the pieces that you saw get created in the book. And my kids really enjoyed that. It, it's just a, a lovely book that I think made them think about things in a totally different way and and really you know we read a lot about art but this one really i think described or shows artists as like a profession mm -hmm. and what they do and how they're inspired i mean one of the artists like goes for a walk and then goes back to paint and i mm. love kind of being able to show them in depth what things are as opposed to the more abstract like well there are people that are painters and they paint mm -hmm. things and <laughs> they get put up here on the wall <laughs> like really saying like no this is a creative endeavor and then to get it here took all this so again it's called making a great exhibition by doro globus cool Super i'm cool. excited to check that out what about you jamila i am simply recommending manufacturer's warranties <laughs> when you get home from the store take the receipt Fill out the little paper, go on the website, you'll sleep easier at night. Is this back to your coffee ground story or is this about something <laughs> this else? This is back to my coffee yeah. ground story. Yeah. No, I'm just thinking of all the times a piece of equipment has failed me and I'd wish that I'd taken that little step. And see, this isn't like the the coffee machine costs like a hundred bucks. So it's like this is the dollar amount at which like you're not allowed to disappoint me. You know, like yeah. if a fifty dollar appliance disappoints me, I'm gonna be pissed off, but I'm not gonna like immediately and i'm going to be pissed off but i'm not going to have the same like man i wish i had the piece of paper right. feeling that i do at the hundred dollar price point you know I'm, it's a i guess that's a class marker perhaps that's the like this is where i am on the lower lower middle class scale like 100 dollars worth of angry yeah. go to the transcript of this episode and copy what you just said and put an email and send it like i'm gonna do it for you i have send publicly yeah, I'll just send a link to the show. Yes, I'm very <laughs> like, disappointed I've in this product. Yes. 
the explosion. But, I mean, I agree. Fill out the things. But I don't always fill out the things because who has time for that? Oh, I just but always I, want the packaging out of my house yes, immediately. Just, just email. I want you to email them and I want you to report back that they made it right. Okay. I will do that. <sighs> okay, Zach, what are you recommending? So we've come a long way since I was complaining about Noah's bad taste in music. She has become much more oh, tolerant nice. of my cool music, uh, so much so that we have landed on an album that we both love. The new album from Hooray for the Riff Raff, it's called Life on Earth. It is so good and cathartic and beautiful. It's uh, this project by Alinda Segarra. They're the songwriter behind the band Hooray for the Riff Raff. And this one song in particular called Rhododendron is one that I blast all the time in the car now and Noah and I sing the chorus in unison together. It's really good. It's like adult music, but I think it's very family friendly and I recommend it to you and your kids and your parents all together. Sounds awesome. I love that this is like, I would say we get a lot of mail (laughs) about about music that you should try. (laughs) We do. And I really appreciate it and keep it coming. I, I, I tried uh, Sing One and Sing Two a list that a listener recommended and Noah liked that also. Well, that's it for our show. Before you go, please subscribe to Mom and Dad Are Fighting. Leave us a review on Apple or Spotify or tell a friend. Speaking of friends, our friends at The Waves, which is Slate's podcast all about gender, recently released this really personal and informative episode all about IVF treatment. It's wonderful And because we figured so many may be interested, we shared it directly in the Mom and Dad Are Fighting feed. So if you want to listen, it should be right there waiting for you in your podcast player. Also, if you rely on this show for parenting advice or for some company to keep you sane in this parenting journey, consider signing up for Slate Plus. It's the best way to support this show. It's the best way to support Slate. Members will never hear another ad on our podcast or any other Slate podcast, and you'll get bonus content on this show and your other Slate favorites like Political Gab Fest, the waves and slow burn to sign up now go to slate.com slash mom and dad plus again that's slate.com slash mom and dad plus if you have a question for us email us at mom and dad at slate.com or post it to the slate parenting facebook group just search for slate parenting this episode of mom and dad are fighting is produced by rosemary belson for jamila lemieux and elizabeth newcamp i'm zach rosen thanks for listening Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.